Welcome back to Left Anchor. I'm Ryan Cooper. Just me today. Uh, Alexi is moving into a new place, and uh, so he's real busy, you know, taking care of all of his intellectual tomes. Um, and so I'm just manning the fort myself alone, and um, tiding us all over with the with a little episode just by myself. So. Um, Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about liberty and, you know, freedom, words which, you know, might be considered relatively interchangeable uh, with respect to the the coronavirus pandemic and and uh, some kind of interesting um, evolution that I have noticed uh, in the conservative libertarian discourse around you know the 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 possibility of the state uh you know coercing people forcing people to do things in the you know the greater good and and so on and so forth um you know because just to start with uh you know during this pandemic we have seen a significant minority of people protesting pandemic control measures uh, you know, measures on what you're allowed, how many people you're allowed to have in your home, whether you're allowed to keep bars and restaurants open, uh, whether you are required to wear a mask when you're in public and can't socially distance. Um, the the back in uh, back in November, Robbie Suave, the uh, writer at Libertarian uh, Magazine, Reason wrote about Andrew Cuomo's proposed uh, ban on uh, household gatherings with more than 10 people. Uh, He said they, quote, really ought to be opposed on the grounds that they are an odious infringement on personal liberty. Reasonable people, even reasonable libertarians, will disagree on how much and to what extent the government should curtail our behavior to fight in order to fight the pandemic. But telling people what they can and cannot do in their own homes is a bridge too far. Um, you know, you, you've seen people, you know, burning masks in various uh, locations. Um, there is a big, uh, a big mask protest in uh, a California Trader Joe's in Fresno, California, that caused the store to close. And I think you know we're we're not talking about a, a very large. Uh, number of people. I think it's probably, uh, you know, under 10% of the population who are really into this stuff. But, you know, you see it echoed, um, you know, among libertarian writers, conservative writers, and, and even some members of Congress, you know, the, the Marjorie Taylor Greene, the QAnon uh, lunatic, who, uh, you know, is now a, a member of Congress from Georgia, you know, she says that masks are a matter of personal choice. It's illegitimate for the government to force you to wear a mask. And, you know, what's interesting to to about this f- for me from a from a sort of like political theory standpoint is that even really hardcore libertarians uh, previously have have acknowledged that, uh, you know, the government has certain uh capability like 
the 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 sort of baseline night watchman state as they as the phrase goes has the ability to prevent people from harming others uh you know the the here's libertarianism.org uh what is a libertarian um you know quote you have a right to defend yourselves against thieves and murderers so you could delegate that power to the state here's robert nozick in uh, Anarchy, State, and Utopia, who's, who's, who's probably the only libertarian political theorist who is really very good at all. Um, uh, a br- brilliant guy. Brilliant guy. Books worth reading as a very well-reasoned and just completely flawed book that just doesn't work at all. And I think he abandoned it himself at the end of his life. But uh, he, he says, uh, uh, you know, at one point and no just speaking about his you know sort of like moral vision here uh at no point does our argument assume any background institutions more extensive than those of the minimal night watchman state a state limited to protecting persons against murder assault theft fraud and so forth so what is murder you know murder is when you cause the death of somebody uh intentionally you know but Clearly, uh, you know, within the category of of murder, you also have like manslaughter, you know, like even if you caused the death of somebody unintentionally, uh, you know, you didn't like stab the knife into them on purpose. But you like, you know, you 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 uh, you did something that was just like totally negligent and foreseeably bad and caused them to die. Uh, You know, you were driving through a school uh, next to a school um, uh, pickup zone at 90 miles per hour, you know, during um, uh, recess and you, you know, ran over 10 toddlers that, you know, all I didn't mean to isn't a good excuse. You still, you still should have known better. And that is in fact true. Uh, that, that same type of thing People behaving irresponsibly has caused the death of many, many people during this pandemic. Uh, one, the the CDC has a, a, a um, report on a m- multiple COVID nineteen outbreaks linked to a wedding reception in rural Maine, uh, August seventh to September fourteenth, twenty 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 twenty. And so, just talking about a rural Maine town. A bunch of people in violation of the uh, pandemic control rules that were in place at the time. Um, there, there were 177 cases and seven deaths, and none of the seven people who died had attended the wedding. Uh, here's another story: super spreader wedding guests with COVID-19 worked at nursing home. This is just a local news story from uh, Washington State. Um, Guests of a 300-person wedding in Adams County worked at a nursing home in Moses Lake. Well, they were contagious. An outbreak there has left more than a dozen dead. So, you know, I mean, the in previous, you know, you read libertarian political, like, argumentation and the ability of the state to, to, to prevent murder, you know, is the, you know, one of the most, uh, uh, like the thing that they will always grant the night watchman stake should always be about preventing murder. You know, everyone takes that for granted yet. Now when, when, you know, you have the greatest number of, of the greatest mass casualty event in the United States since the, the influenza pandemic of, uh, 1918, 
suddenly, basically, libertarians are saying, no, the state can't prevent murder. That, in fact, uh, uh, it is illegitimate for the government to prevent the citizens from killing each other. And so um, I think this, you know, it, it, it illustrates the, uh, the, the rationale, like, like the weaknesses of the libertarian conception of, of freedom and, um, and the strengths, I think, of a more collective uh, vision of, of, of freedom and, um, you know, one, one in which the inherent interdependence of all people in a, you know, in a society, in a country uh, is recognized. You know, so something you might you might call a kind of uh, socialist freedom. And I think, you know, just to back up a little bit um, away from the pandemic, the way to start here is with with the, the institution of property and coercion, because this is the thing that Nozick, for all his brilliance, could not figure out. Um, you know, you, you think about uh, the institution of private property. You know, if, if you own something, if you own a lot of wealth, what does it give you? You know, as a as a philosopher, G. A. Cohen says, "Well, it gives you uh, it gives you power over material resources, um, you know, land, uh, you know, and transformed uh, products of land that you know it used energy and and so on and so forth. You know, it 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 gives you goods and services. Uh, well." if we're speaking about those, you know, products of nature, uh, who was it that, that established, um, you know, the property rights in them, you know, you, you, you can say as a, as a capitalist, you know, as a, as a, as a wealthy person, you could say, well, I got my wealth, you know, I started a business, I bought stocks from other people and, uh, you know, so you are in effect invoking the prior title of other people, to uh to the you know the material resources you're talking about um but the problem that you can't solve as a libertarian is who set up uh what gives people the right to set up property rights in the first place you know if 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 you're looking at a you know a a a kind of you know quote unquote virgin continent as people used to talk about the uh, United States area you know the that that was once just sort of occupied by the Indians and there were no property rights there were kind of you know there were sort of territories that were more or less monopolized by different tribes but there was no sort of permanent bequeathable property you know the, in the modern sense um, you know what uh, what gives uh, the 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 white settlers from, you know, Europe, the right to set up, uh, the, the property right in the place. Like for example, where I live today in, in, uh, Philadelphia, what gives the, the right to people, you know, in all the rest of this great land to say, you know, this land, uh, is now mine and I'm going to, uh, it, it is now going to be, uh, the type of property where, you know, if I own it and you come on it, I can shoot you or I can call the police or I can sue you to force you to, to, to not come on that property anymore. What gives them the right to do that? 
And the interesting thing about Nozick is that he admits that to do that, to establish private property in anything where it didn't previously exist is to diminish the liberty of everybody else in the world. You know, previously you had a place that was freely accessible to all. Anybody could come on this piece of land. And now you say, no, it's mine. If you come in here, I'm going to kill you. Um, And, you know, that is necessarily uh, a diminishment of the, you know, individual liberty of people. And, and, you know, he has an elaborate argument proving this, but I think it's just, uh, you know, it's just fairly intuitive to say, um, you know, here's a piece of land. If I set it up, oh, it's mine then um, I have reduced the liberty of anybody, you know, that's like previously I could go into all the places in this place. And now, you know, even if I may never actually want to come there, well, I uh, maybe I entertain the possibility, but that possibility is foreclosed. And so even in the uh, most, you know, reasonable, um, you know, like, like, thought experiment as to how property was established, it is always coercive and non-consensual to everybody who is not not involved with it. And in fact, if you read history, that's a preposterously generous uh, vision of what happened. What happened was, uh, and what has always happened going back, you know, through all of recorded history is people just fucking come in with swords and they kill the people and they take the land and they set up their property like that. There was never any sort of contract or anything like that. It was just, uh, theft and conquest and murder, um, and genocide, you know, and especially in the case of the United States, uh, the most of the people who used to live here were dead. They were they were systematically killed or or died of of uh, you know biological diseases, which were on some occasions deliberately introduced into the uh, you know the native population. And so you know, what does this tell us about liberty and uh, you know sort of pandemics? And I think it gives us a, a, a general principle that instead of, you know, trying to look at, like, look at the government as this, you know, sort of like external, uh, you know, uh, imposition and try to object to the rules that it sets up, uh, the, 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 the correct way to think about this is is to to view the government as a way in which the uh n- inescapable coercion which always must happen um as a result of any kind of you know collective society um how that coercion is 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 allocated uh for one thing, resources are scarce. There's only so much land. Almost all the land is already owned. Um, you know, how, who is going to get the fruits of that land? Well, that's just sort of depends on, you know, how the economic system is set up. There's, you know, as, as we've been talking about, there is no uh, sort of moral theory that can justify the set of property rights uh, just by who happens to own them now and like saying, Everybody who owns the, 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 you know, the land gets to, you know, appropriate all the surplus of that land. The only, you know, you need a different moral theory. And the moral theory of, of, of socialism is to say that, well, we should all share 
in these property rights. If property rights, insofar as they are going to exist and they are going to be coercively enforced by the state, by the police and the legal system, well, then they should, uh, they, they should be, um, deployed on behalf of the people as a whole. That your property right should, is, can only exist insofar as that, uh, you know, um, that property right is welfare enhancing for, you know, the entire population. And of course we could argue about what that means exactly, you know, where the boundaries are, um, and you know, whether, you know, what, what sort of inequality we might, uh, allow in terms of like trying to juice production, whatever. But that's a different question. That's a, that's a question of pragmatism. It's not a question about like contracts and, and, uh, you know, a, a initial appropriation, and Nozick, by the way, uh, he he recognized there is no theory of of sort of like just processes and so on in libertarian style. You know, you're not allowed to tread on my snake or whatever uh, that that could justify the initial appropriation of property and the establishment of property rights. And so he just resorted to utilitarianism. He says, OK, it's OK. It's it's fine to establish property rights if you make people as a whole better off over the long term. Well, it's like, all right, libertarians, uh, libertarianism is done then. You can't get your fucking theory off the ground. It's all bullshit. But so what the, you know, it's sort of a long digression here. But what this tells us about the pandemic is that, you know, uh, the ways in which we live, you know, and the ways we sort of impose ourselves on each other is not limited to, to you know, property and you know, like wages and, and, and the way that the economy is set up. Uh, it also, you know, is about like the, you know, public health system and uh, how we treat for, you know, pandemic disease or, you know, any disease. Um, and so if, you know, we are to, uh, you know, think about the best way to control something that is, uh, you know, running wild in the population even on libertarian grounds, it is perfectly legitimate for the state to engage in incredibly coercive things. I mean, you are talking about the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, probably something like over 400,000 people have died of the pandemic so far. Like the, 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 the justification of the state to, uh, you know, coerce the population to prevent that from happening would be virtually without limit, you know, so long as you aren't uh, causing more deaths than that, I suppose. Um, but the problem, you know, the problem with libertarianism is that it, 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 it is, uh, uh, you know, it is inherently suspicious of the types of actions that would be required, uh, to, to make that happen. Um, but the reality is, you know, for all of us to live freely, you know, we, we, we have to recognize our collective limitations and, uh, you know, the ways in which we impinge on each other's, you know, uh, lives. Um, you know, the, the thing about conservatism, libertarianism, uh, is, is it's all about the individual, you know, like, like Margaret Thatcher, there's no such thing as society. Um, the government is not allowed to, inf- 
you know, stop me from doing things. Like I want to do a thing. The government's telling me not to do it. Um, but what it misses is how, you know, the, the, the only way that we could possibly adjudicate questions of whether you are not allowed to stop, uh, harm, uh, you are not allowed to harm somebody else is through the government. Um, you know, go back and listen to our episode on Thomas Hobbes, but, uh, you know, th- this is like central political theory because it, it's, it's not about you. It's about what you might do to somebody else, uh, including kill them, you know, by accident. Um, and, you know, a socialist vision of freedom that recognizes the inherent collectivity of all societies and the interdependence of everyone would recognize that in certain circumstances where there is, you know, a galloping pandemic where, you know, one person just being irresponsible for, you know, like one hour could potentially kill hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, if they're in the wrong place, if you're in a very crowded public space or something, you know, and, um, and, and result in a, you know, com- completely out of control, uh, epidemic for weeks, the government is completely allowed to exercise very, very serious coercion to prevent you from doing that. And, um, that's why, you know, the, the examples of the East Asian countries, which have done, you know, a really exceptional job. Um, I, I've been uh, looking at the, at the, the case of Vietnam, which, you know, is a, it's a sort of communist, like a one party state, but, but, uh, you know, it's not a totalitarian country or anything like that. It's semi-authoritarian to, you know, pretty authoritarian. But they've had 1,497 cases and 35 deaths as compared to, uh, as compared to the United States, 21,351,787 cases uh, at time of recording and 362,097 deaths. And those are just the officially recorded deaths. You know, as I said earlier, there are a whole bunch of people who haven't, uh, the, the excess deaths that haven't been officially registered. Um, and so, you know, it's an area where a very aggressive, uh, frankly, a communist state is better at recognizing this particular set uh, of of problems and vulnerabilities where you know uh the 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 case for the state being absolutely hair trigger and doing very 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 aggressive things to control the virus is totally ironclad and they never uh would have thought a, a, a for a second about doing it otherwise um you know, uh, the same thing is true in China, even though China kind of fucked up at the beginning, which is how the virus got out of control in the first place. Once they figured out their their mistake, you know, the Chinese Communist Party was very aggressive about things. And, and being very aggressive is the missing ingredient. You know, again, I'm not def- I'm not saying that you need to be communist about about, you know, to to control the, the virus. Uh, countries like. Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan, 
these are all democracies and they all kept a pretty solid lid on things. Um, Australia, you know, Australia had a serious outbreak in the middle of winter. It's an island, but, you know, once it's out of, once it's circulating, uh, that doesn't really help you very much. And they had a very strict lockdown and they crushed that thing. And um, that, you know, to is the irony of the sort of Americans liberty, you know, focus sort of cont like the just the 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 our our boasted sense that we are, you know, that this is the land of freedom. We're the freest country on earth. And it's it's like you know, first of all, you know, even by their own standards, most of Europe is basically the same. It's like, okay, there are certain free speech restrictions in like Germany. You can't be a Holocaust denier. But like, what does that really mean? You know, who cares? Go to Germany. I've been to Germany. I've been to Greece. I've been to Denmark. These places are all basically like the U.S. in terms of the level of government restrictions on your activities. Um, But, you know, you hit this pandemic, which is just aimed right at our national weak spot, collective action. We don't want to do it. We've been trained not to do it. And these fucking dictatorships are kicking our ass at providing freedom. You know, I've, I've, I've posted a lot about Vietnam. I've written a few articles about it. And I, every time I get people in Vietnam who are, you know, they post videos and pictures and they're like, man, I feel bad for you guys. We, things have been basically normal for months, you know? And, and um, you know, maybe it'll get out of control. It seems like they've they've got a pretty good lid on it so far. You know, you, you never want to say over until everybody's vaccinated. But, you know, at the same time, like, they would have to fuck up like 10,000 times as bad as they have now uh, to to do as bad as we have at the moment. And, you know, the the thing that the, the, the sort of like optimistic look at this uh, is is that, you know, if. The, the the place where we hit and the place that a lot of Western European countries hit uh, it's like the sort of pandemic worst of all possible worlds. It's like, oh shit! Like the 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 virus is getting out of control. Let's have a let's have um, a lockdown. And people are like, we don't want to do a lockdown. It's infringing on our liberty. We don't, you know. I, we've been reading QAnon posts on American internet. There's a bunch of QAnon people in Germany. Apparently, it's like, oh great, thanks. We're poisoning our allies' politics too. Um, but you know, and so they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll back off slightly. And the result is you slow the virus, but you not, do not crush the virus. And the, the, you know, what, what China and Vietnam and Australia and, and, and Taiwan and New Zealand show is that, you know, if you are absolutely hair trigger, you know, uh, and you don't, don't fuck around with that. You don't, don't give an inch. The, the, the result is the lockdown only has to last a few weeks, you know, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks at the outside. I think Wuhan was locked down for uh, like a bit over two months. And uh, yeah, that sucks. And people were locked, like literally locked in their houses during that time. Um, you know, the government was bringing them food and so on. But, um, you know, aside from that very extreme case, 
once you've done it, once you have completely eradicated the virus, well, things go back to normal. Now there are no restrictions on your your uh, liberty, you know, over and above living in a communist one party state, um, you know, and and uh, for the last several months, New Zealand, Taiwan, Vietnam, uh, Australia, they have been enjoying basically normal life. They haven't been stacking up their grandparents and their parents in mass graves and in morgue refrigerator trucks across the country because, uh, you know, they took care of their shit. Uh, and I think there will be a lot of papers written about just why particular countries failed so badly and others didn't. You know, I think uh, an experience of authoritarian government maybe was beneficial in some cases. That, that was the history of South Korea and Taiwan. Uh, it is the reality of Vietnam and China. Uh, Australia is an island country that gives you a little bit of help. Same thing with New Zealand. But it's not rocket science. And... Um, I think that, uh, you know, it points to a different conception of freedom aside from this very brittle and very selfish American one that is also impossible. You know, um, if the, the, the reality is, you know, that it's a minority of people who are dedicated to this, uh, I won't, you know, I'm going to spread the pandemic because I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want my liberty infringed on or whatever. Most people the bulk of the population, like two-thirds to three-quarters of the population, they're staying at home, they're not seeing their parents because they don't want to die or they don't want to kill somebody by accident. You know, that's that's a basic pro-social attitude. And I think that, you know, we need to re- rediscover, I would say, uh, a bit more of that, uh, that, that old tradition of collective freedom to, to realize that my... my f- you know, my ability to go about my daily business depends on everybody else, you know, and their welfare. And I can't just be a selfish dickhead all the time. Uh, and, and, you know, um, uh, forbid the government from doing a lockdown because I couldn't stand not going to Lowe's for two weeks. Um, and so, you know, uh, I imagine, uh, you know, most people listening to the podcast will agree, you know, with 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 my take. But I think it's a it's a question. It's in an area where a lot of people haven't, you know, they may intellectually agree. And I include myself in this group. They may intellectually agree that, yeah, we've got the real, uh, you know, the real freedom, the real tradition of liberty, the real reality of liberty. You're talking about going to, you know, see your family, to go to a bar, to go to a restaurant, to go to a movie, to go to a, a play, um, and and just to not fucking fear being killed in any second. That sounds like freedom to me. Um, but I think that that tradition is not strong. We don't have a 10% of people who are out there saying, yeah, put on a mask, you motherfuckers, you know, and like, like doing mass protests in the same way that, you know, we see a lot of mass protests about police brutality. All those, you know, are great. We love to see it. Uh, you know, we've participated in those in the past. Um, but I think that the left, the socialist left needs to reclaim this tradition of freedom because, you know, the country was literally founded on it. 
And I think that the 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 um, conservatives have sort of they've done cultural appropriation on our 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 freedom tradition, you know, and they're they're imposing this absolutely dog shit and incoherent and impossible version of it on all the rest of us. And there are, you know, 400,000 people dead as a result. And so, you know, I hope that, you know, in the future, we can uh, try to bring back some of that tradition of genuine, analytically respectable freedom. Freedom that takes, you know, the the collective, the inherently collective uh, nature of any sort of political, social entity seriously. And, um, you know, we can all live together and not die en masse. Anyway, that's just a quick little, uh, you know, a quick little bonus episode to tide everybody over. Let's hope Alexi gets uh, gets moved into his new place, gets his internet turned on, and uh, you can be uh, hearing his dulcet tones very soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you in the next episode.